Greetings to all my tech heads out there in the KevTechify Nation, and if you're new here, welcome. In this episode, we're going to look at endpoint security. We'll be discussing network attacks today, network security devices, endpoint protection, email security appliances, and finally, we'll talk about web security appliances. This episode is part of my series on switching routing and wireless essentials for the Cisco Certified Networking Associate, also known as the CCNA. I'm Kevin here at KevTechify. Let's get this adventure started. In today's networks, there's a lot of attacks that are happening. The, there's, there's three common ones. There's the distributed denial of service attack, there's the data breach, and the malware. The DDoS, the distributed denial of service attack, it starts... Its basis is a denial of service attack. The denial of service attack is an attack that when done, normal users, users that have to use a service can't get to it. We overflow the, the main server, we overflow the web server, normal traffic, traffic that's coming to your, to your website to spend money, they can't get there. They get a site unavailable error. Um, they can't make that purchase. You're losing out revenue. Now. We take this a step further and a traditional denial of service attack typically comes from one device to one target. What we do is now we distribute this. We, we take a lot of compromised systems. One of the terms we hear is a botnet today. And we have all of those systems at once. So it's coming from different points, different IP addresses, different geographical locations, and they all attack a target. And when they all attack this target, normal traffic, traffic you need to make business on your site, it doesn't work. They can't make those purchases. And so because of the distributed nature, it's a little bit harder to identify this type of attack. Data breach is when your ser service has been compromised and somebody's trying to get data off of them. We, we hear this in the news a lot of times that this system was compromised and, and they got some personal information off of it. I've had this happen where a uh, website I've purchased something from has been compromised and all of a sudden my credit cards company is suspending my credit cards and issuing me new credit cards. And that's what's happening is a threat actor, somebody who's making that attack in your system, they actually were able to get in the system, whether it was an unpatched vulnerability and a new exploit nobody has heard of, but they were able to get into that system, get that data and get off. Finally, we have malware. Malware is an attack where malicious software is on those computers and it's doing something. It's either taking data or in today's world, we hear something called ransomware, where ransomware is on the computer and encrypts your hard drive and encrypts your data. And until you do what the ransom says, typically pay in Bitcoin or something like that, your data is encrypted and you don't have access to that. As we think about these attacks, we, we start to think about, okay, what are the network security devices we can use to help prevent some of these attacks? First off, we need to do talk about security in general. Security is not necessarily a one-stop, I'm gonna secure my network, that's all I have to do. A lot of people say, envision your security like an onion. There's layers to security. 
And what you do is you hopefully employ enough layers and make those layers complex enough that either the, the threat actor, the person that's trying to attack your system, they get discouraged and go on. Or as they work through the layers, you're notified so that you can do something. And in a worst case scenario, pull the plug, pull that internet cable out. We hear TV shows, oh, unplug everything and do that. That's a last resort. If somebody's attacking your system through the internet, disconnect the internet. Yeah, it's going to disrupt everything else, but hopefully that's going to stop the attacker at that point in time. Some of the devices we look at, they protect our perimeter of the network. What we're talking about is where your network ends and somebody else's begins. Typically, this is the ISP network where your connection to the internet. And so that's that per perimeter where those two meet. We have three different types of devices that we, we talk about to help us with the security here. One is called a VPN. And this being the networking course, we're, we're gonna talk about enabling it on a router, but you could have a VPN appliance or, or v, VPN server, or say it does the same functionality. The VPN allows authorized users with the correct usernames, passwords, even certificates to connect into your system wherever they are on the internet from at home, a coffee shop, airport, hotel room, they can connect into your system with using a VPN and we, we call this a tunnel. And anytime data is in that tunnel, it's encrypted. So nobody can sniff that traffic. Plus you have security set up so that they can come in and hopefully the security will keep everybody out. You can set this up on a router. You can set this up on a server or have a special device to do that. They all function about the same. Second system here is a next generation fire, firewall. The traditional firewall blocks ports. It says, okay, we are going to stop traffic coming in on this layer four port. We're going to stop port 80. We're going to stop all web traffic coming in. Now you, you probably don't want to do that on today's network, but that's an example where that hopefully you can easily connect to. What this next generation firewall does, it provides stateful packet inspection. It looks at the packets coming in. A traditional firewall just blocks that port. Now we're actually gonna look at the packets coming in. You still block the, all the ports and only let in the ports you want, but those ports that are open, you then start looking at each of those packets coming through. Are we going to allow this on the network? With the next generation firewalls, we also look at next generation intrusion prevention systems. An intrusion prevention system is looking at our packets, but let's add some intelligence to this. If it's something that's not normal, and what we're talking about is this intrusion prevention system is monitoring your traffic, and over time it'll figure out what is normal traffic on my network. And then all of a sudden we see a big spike on traffic from some location in across an ocean or something like that. This is abnormal traffic on my network. And that next generation intrusion prevention system will notify you. Most of the, a lot of the time, it will actually stop that traffic until you allow it to go through there. We also look at stuff like an advanced malware protection where once again, we're looking at the packets. We're looking at those applications that are running, the applications that are pushing data through, should we be allowing that? And if, 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 if it's not allowed, let's block that. Put it in a quarantine area until you, the administrator, can make a decision about it. 
And of course, the firewall also does some sort of URL filtering. You keep your employees from going to sites that may have malicious software on them. Now, they're purposely not going to do that. What happens is, is they mask the URLs in an email. So it's, it looks like it's something legitimate, like the Microsoft website, the Cisco website. But if you actually mouse over it, you can see that it directs to not the Cisco site. It redirects you to a website, and that's where you could get that malicious software. Finally, we have some network access control. What this is, is we're going to control access to our network. We, we have to set some certain standards so devices get into it. Normally what we use here is AAA, authentication, authorization, and accounting. We, we To allow certain people on, to make sure they're only getting the resources they need, and then to track it. Now, in larger enterprises, we, we can even apply policies that when you connect into my network the first time, in order to access my network, you need to install this piece of software. And a lot of times this may come from something like the Cisco Identity Services Engine, or a lot of people call it Cisco ICE, I-S-E. And what this is, is when you plug in, in order to get access to my network, you agree to install a piece of software on your computer. That software gets installed, and then it runs and it says, is your computer secure? It looks for security updates and patches. Are you running some sort of spy, or sorry, are you running some sort of anti-malware, anti-virus software on there to protect your computers? Do you have these different checkboxes? If you don't have these checkboxes, we're gonna provide you links and only give you access to the sites that have these tools so that you can install them on your computer. Once you're good, and the, that piece of software that's installed on your computer is happy, then this network access control, the Cisco ICE, Identity Services Engine, will allow you access to part of the network you set up to allow people to connect into your system. I hope you're liking this episode on Endpoint Security. If you have time, please leave me a comment and let me know what you think about Endpoint Security. You can also visit my website, at kevtechify.com for all my details and how to get these episodes in video and podcast form. Here's a diagram of the technologies we talked about. We're going to start off here first. Right here, we have our next generation firewall. And what this next generation firewall is, basically you can sort of draw a line right through here. This, this line denotes that this is inside your company. So this is the parts you can control. This is the outside over here. So that's the outside of your company. And that's a lot of times out of your control. This next generation looks at the information going through there. We set up and we board block, block and allow those layer four ports, port 80s web traffic, just to re refresh your memory. And then inside of our network, we have our core. This is our core network right here. A lot of times there's not a lot of security set up on our core network just because your core is concerned with getting data transferred as fast as possible. But when we come out of the core, we look at different devices. Here we have a wireless LAN controller. That's what the WLC is. We have a switch over here. Notice that they have this little lock on it. They also have the little lock on here. That's signifying you've configured security on it. You've locked down those devices. And that could be access to those devices across your network physically. And it's also 
providing security for anybody who connects in. We have all of our end, endpoint devices down here. These endpoint devices, they typically all run some sort of host-based software to protect them. That's your anti-malware. That is your virus protection. That is the different tools. That could also include your network access control from that Cisco ICE server where you have to make sure you have all of your updates and upgrades up to date to allow you access. Once you have that, then you can connect into your system, whether it's through a wired connection on the switch, whether it's through wireless, through the wireless LAN controller and get access. But there is some sort of security. And we, we, see, the, we see the security on the endpoints. We see the security here on our next generation firewall. And like we said here, they can have advanced malware protection. They can have intrusion prevention systems. A lot of technologies can get thrown in right here at that point between the inside and outside of your network. And then outside of your network, we have some sort of VPN server. And this could be our VPN server here. We're going to say a VPN router because that's what we're going to be talking about. But it could be some sort of Windows server. It could actually be part of this next generation firewall. And a lot of times we do see that integrated. But what this router server VPN here does is allow a remote user. You have executives who want, want to work from home. And they want to be able to open up their computer, connect into the network, and do their work. Well, what you have to do is use a VPN here to create a tunnel. And that tunnel goes from their house across the internet. Now, it could go across the internet a lot of different ways. They have DSL at home. They have cable. However, they access the internet. Then it gets to the internet. And then it bounces around there. However, all of those protocols work in there. Finally, it comes out to your VPN server. Everything between the client and the VPN server, that is encrypted. The encryption there says, okay, if anybody out here on the internet sees my traffic, it's going to be just a bunch of random ones and zeros. It's not going to mean anything, mean anything to them. It encrypts it. Also, the VPN, in order to get access in, you a lot of times have to provide credentials username and password sometimes the vpn server is set up to only allow certain mac addresses and so your client has to you have to register that client on your server already maybe you have to put a certificate on that client however they get in there's security built into that to allow them through there then once they're once they're through this vpn server it appears like they were they're just right on the network up here, we also have, this is where we have some of the security stuff. This is where we have our, our NAC server, our network access control. Typically, it's not on the same VLANs as your end devices because your end devices, somebody could bring something in. You want this in your data center. And so we see this is our data center here. This is where we control our, our NAC with the Cisco Identi Identity Service Engine. They get what we call signature files or definitions for attacks and problems. They get that updated almost in real time. And so we have a lot of security here that helps monitor our network and controls that access. 
couple other devices that help us. In today's world, email is business. That's how everybody gets business done, it seems like, in today's world, is sending emails back and forth. Now, some of this is starting to go through webmails and going into a website and, and doing that, but for the most part, we still almost use email exclusively to conduct business. Now, on a personal level, a lot of this has gone into some sort of messaging sites, applications that allow some real-time communications that way. A lot of us have gone away from emails in our personal lives, but businesses still use them. Email, we use the simple mail transfer protocol, SMTP. That allows that email to move from server to server and then finally get delivered to the end user. Now, Cisco has made a email security appliance. This is where we call the ESA. What this does is it looks at your email. Oh, it's a privacy concern. You can't be looking at my email. If the company is supplying you the email, they have the right to monitor your email. Now, most companies, they're not going to read what you're doing. What they're doing is they're looking at your email to identify if there's a problem, if there's some malicious software, a malicious link to a bad website, something like that. That's what most companies do. And this email security appliance, it gets updated with known threats almost in real time. I mean, there's a little bit of delay and we're, we're talking less than five minutes. But as soon as somebody identifies there's a problem out there in this worldwide network of these security appliances, the Cisco system, and, and they, they submit it to Cisco when they, they think they have the problem, you submit it to Cisco, Cisco looks at it and goes, yes, this is a problem. They push an update out to all the email servers. And in almost real time, you get to know that there's a problem. If you get an email from here, you get an email with a link that looks like this containing they're saying you need to go to this website, it's bad. And that email security appliance will delete it, delete that email, will quarantine it. It it comes from the entire world. So everybody who has one of these, part of having it is you're also some allowing um, allowing your system to submit it to the Cisco database that hopefully everybody will get notified fairly quickly. Some of the things this email security appliance does, it blocks the known threats. So if it's been identified as a problem, we're just gonna go ahead and block it. It helps remediate against stealth malware. Malware that necessarily isn't identified right away, malware that is, is snuck through some way, but it helps identify that, where if, if they see that there's a file attached and you're not sure, at least it'll quarantine it until you as an administrator can actually look at it got a bad link in it that email is gone it's disregarded I shouldn't actually say it's gone it's removed from the user's email box and put into a box where you can go and you can look at then you can decide what to do with it websites that have been found to be bad or something like that uh, that'll be blocked and a lot of times in the email it'll say okay here the end user will get the email and then where that link was the email security appliance will actually put a message in there say this was the the link has been removed because it was identified as a link to a bad website and then it's going to encrypt content in outgoing email to prevent data loss and that's so people don't see that it, it, this is a little bit more advanced here. You're encrypting your emails 
Because email, when we use the SMT protocol, it's typically sent in clear text. And so somebody can intercept that and look at the message. When you're using the email security appliance, there is an option to go ahead and encrypt that. It's a little bit more complicated, but it is possible. Cisco also gives us a web security appliance. What the web security appliance does is it's a technology that helps you mitigate web-based threats. A lot of companies, they have a tool to do malware protection, even advanced malware protection. They have another one to block or allow certain applications into our, our network. We have another technology to allow acceptable use. Can users go to this site or not? Do you allow your users to go to Facebook? That's a discussion for you and your company to have, but you can set that up and, and maybe even they have a separate system for reporting and getting all those different systems to work can be complicated. What the Cisco Web Security Appliance does, it integrates all that technology. It integrates that advanced malware protection, the application visibility and control, the, the acceptable use policies, and then also the reporting. They integrate that all in there. They, they combine those together. It gives you control, basically anything over your internet. It, it traditionally looks at the technologies that come on on store, normal web traffic and the secure web traffic, port 80 at layer four and port 443 at layer four, SSL. But it also is starting to look at other internet traffic because web traffic isn't the only traffic on the internet. And so they're starting to grow it a little bit bigger, make it a little bit more robust. Instead of just looking at web traffic, let's start looking at some of the other internet traffic we have. And the thing that's nice about the web security appliance is they have a blacklisting feature. This is done by Cisco that has created a blacklist and you can choose the different levels of how severe you want your blacklisting, but it will block known malicious websites. It'll block known malicious tactics to get into your system. It will update it. And once again, this is almost in real time. You know, typically it's three to five minutes you get when Cisco identifies a problem that your system's updated, but that is done automatically. You as an administrator, you don't have to run the updates. It is done for you. It does some URL filtering. And so if an employee tries to go there, they'll get a message saying, oh, this site is not allowed. Please contact your administrator if you feel this is an error, uh, something along that line. You'll also get noted that, hey, somebody tried to go to this website. We can also say from this blacklist, we can categorize it. Was it personal traffic that this person was going to? Was it Facebook? Was it something along that line? Or was it actually a business site? And so you can kind of keep track of that if that's something your company is looking at. We can look at web application filtering. Each web kind of is in today's world, they build their own application for the websites. How you get that data? How is that data lo loaded and deployed? There's different technologies there that happen. Also, the Cisco Web Security Appliance, they can encrypt and decrypt web traffic. It was my pleasure to provide you with this wonderful episode on endpoint security. If you like this episode and you got value out of it, and depending upon what platform you're using, please click that like button, give a five-star rating, leave a comment. This all helps me bring you more great content. Please take a minute to subscribe to my channel. 
All my socials and contact information are on my website, captechify.com. There you can find out how to get all these episodes in video and podcast form. In the upper right is my playlist for my series on switching routing wireless essentials for the CCNA. In the bottom right is one of my favorite videos that I linked just for you. Thank you so much for watching this episode of my series on switching routing and wireless essentials. Once again, I'm Kevin. This is Kev Techify. I'll see you next time for another great adventure.